The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So we're going to talk about um, hindrances. What are hindrances? What do you think of when you think about a hindrance? What words come to mind? We've got two mics. And so if anybody has some words, I'll just start by sharing some other possible words and let you think about. But let's in particular with mindfulness practice, meditation. What are the things that get in the way of wisdom, of clear seeing, being awake, being present, of staying mindful and connected to what's happening in the present moment? What are some mind states? So not um, the stories, but the kind of states that come up that might make it hard to stay clear, present. Lauren. Sleepiness. Yes. Anybody get sleepy? Okay. What else? So busy. Busyness. And so what is, the mind is busy. The mind is busy, busy. Okay, great. Perfect. Tracy. I would say anxiety. Anxiety. Yes. Anybody else get anxious and have that come up and make it hard? Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, Uncertainty. Uncertainty. Jilber. Yes, thank you. Anything else? So we've got um, busy mind, we've got anxiety, we've got doubt, uncertainty, we've got sleepiness. Ill will. Ill will. Mm. And then the opposite of ill will that might come up and might make it hard. And What might be the opposite of ill will that might make it hard to stay present and connected to the breath or the mind moment? What else might come up? Craving. Craving. Wanting something. So ill will could be thought of as not wanting something. Craving can be thought of as wanting something. Has anybody ever gotten up from meditating because, like, I don't know, you, you you just really wanted another sip of that tea or cookie or, you know, just something, just sort of like, yeah, okay, hands, yes, yes. So the hindrances, there's these hindrances that are universal, it sounds like, pretty much. And some of them um, we experience more frequently than others. We tend to have... Tracy, did you have another one you wanted to add? Um, So you might think a little bit about um, what ones visit you frequently? What ones are you most familiar with? I'll list them. I'll, I'll name them again and... Um, I should have brought more handouts, but I forgot about that tonight. So there might be some left over from last week. I'll check. But the but before I kind of name them, you guys have named the the, the common ones, really. But um, I want to talk about what they kind of what they do, and kind of there's a couple of different words. One might be like a veil. So they like kind of veil, they cover over, make it difficult to see, and they all have their own flavor. Um, Another is that they are kind of, um, well, they definitely keep the mind distracted, right? Distractions. They obscure. They obscure what the mind is seeing. So uh, one of my favorite Uh, similes of the hindrances has to do with water bowls of water and how each hindrance um, affects the mind and so the mind free of a hindrance is like a mind with a, a bowl with very crystal clear water just clean still our mind at rest our mind freed up from these energies 
is a mind that's pure in this way. I don't mean it in a like a, a weird way, <laughs> but but just clear, simple, transparent. We can see clearly. It's just like oh, I look in the mind and I can see what's going on, and I'm I get a good picture, good good sense. Maybe even in a. a you know, in some of the similes, they talk about a mind that is free, being like, you know, pure, clear. So um, maybe it's even that the natural mind is completely, completely this bright, luminous, clear space. And what prevents us from connecting to that space, that clarity, are these five hindrances. So the water, what the first is sensual desire. And this is not just any kind of desire. This is the desire with a craving for pleasure, sense pleasure. And it's described as something with water would die in it. So the, the, the water is no longer clear. So anything you look at through the water is going to be seen through the filter of that dye. And the second hindrance is of that of ill will. So wanting, you know, to harm or, you know, wanting, uh, yeah, bad things to happen to somebody or something, right? Ill will. And that is described like this bowl of water that is boiling with steam. So you can't really get even close to it, and you certainly can't see with clarity. So the mind, imagine your mind is luminous and clear. And the ill will comes in, and and is that a little bit like what happens when we get really, 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 really angry? Like there's just this boiling, right? There's no clarity. There's just... Then there's these two sets of hindrances that are um, kind of have to do with qualities in the mind and the body. And this has to do with sleepiness. Sloth and torpor. Slothfulness, like the body having no energy. The, The... Mind, torpor, bleh, you know, there's no kind of movement or brightness in it. And that's said to be like a water, a bowl filled with algae, right? Sludgy algae water, right? Sort of hard to move through, not clear. You can't really even, you know, see your way through. And then the um, other set of hindrances is restlessness and worry. So Tracy, you brought up, you know, this anxiety, this, and the busyness in the mind was uh, Jill mentioned, right? So this mind that is kind of constantly churning and trying to figure this out and ruminating about that and bouncing all over and filled with this and that and the other thing, and and the body. The restlessness is in the body. The body can't sit still. Anybody meditate and find yourself fidgeting and moving and, you know, like just... And if you're in the, with other people and you have a loud jacket on that makes noise when you move, it's like, you know, it's just like... Right? <laughs> so this is, these are states that we can get into and they make it very hard to settle and the last hindrance is that of doubt. Jill Burr, you, you were saying kind of uncertainty, right? So just this, this not knowing. Oh, the simile of the, the water for the um, restlessness and worry is like uh, a bowl of water or a lake that has a lot of wind blowing across it, right? So there's waves and it's, you know, churned up and there's, you know, you can't see everything's moving around too quickly. And so the doubt then um, is a really profound hindrance, actually, because it really tends to uh, undermine our practice. 
I'm not doing this right. Forget it. I'm getting up. Oh, I don't know. Should I be Zen? Should I be Theravada? Should I be, you know, should I go to, oh, what about the Dalai Lama? You know, let me try them all. You know, let me do the Headspace app and then I'll go over here and do this app and then I'll do that one over there. And we're just sort of all over. We don't commit. We don't really, um, con- there's no continuity in, in what we're practicing and or believing. We don't commit. So we don't develop a sense of familiarity and trust and confidence and faith. And this is said to be like a a bowl of water that's like filled with mud. Yeah. So your mind, imagine your mind is luminous. And let's just move right into the meditation here. Just imagine, just pretend for a moment that your mind, your natural mind is really clear. You know how sometimes you go and you look into the ocean or maybe even a pool and it's just you can see the the light shining through you see the colors clearly if you're at the ocean you might see the fish and the you know the water even the tide moving the the um the sea grasses and just you can it's so clear so the mind doesn't have to be you know in its normal state empty you can have fish swimming around and sand at the bottom, thoughts coming and going, but we can see clearly. So just try and imagine right now you've got that clarity in your mind. You can see thinking when it happens. Oh, thought. You sense emotion in the body and you can sort of just recognize it, let it kind of move through like a jellyfish might move through the ocean water. You might notice at moments if the mind stops being clear for you in this meditation, you might sort of say, ah, is this like mud? Is this like water that's being whipped up? Because of the winds and the busyness? Is the mind like, oh, slothful, algae, stagnant, right? The body is also something to notice. And or is the mind kind of on fire with ill will or lit up with passion for something that it wants? And then What's amazing, what can be amazing is that if you notice, if you notice the mind that is stirred up or with rose color or whatever it is, all of a sudden there can be a new clarity. All of a sudden you can be seeing so clearly how the waters in the mind are being impacted. And if you can be still with it, kind of like if you imagine a jar of river water with mud in it. If you shake it up, the water gets very polluted. But if you put the jar down, all the sediment will settle to the bottom. Just see, oh, it's stirred up, and be still with it. See with clarity. Just be still for a minute, 
like that jar. Notice the stillness that's there, whatever's there. Seeing it with clarity. How does it feel to see clearly? How does it feel? Would anybody like to answer that question? No worries if not. It feels peaceful. Mm. I love the water analogy. Mm. It's very easy to see the wind whipping around and then calming the water and being able to see all of that and experience it brings me peace. Beautiful, Tracy. Sounds like you were able to recognize when the mind was getting whipped up and that seeing with clarity what was happening, witnessing it in a way, allowed it to to be felt and seen, and then it just sort of stilled. I just, I kept saying, still water, still water. Mm. And I can find myself using that you know, outside of this room when I can feel mm. things getting whipped up. Just mm. saying still water and having some miracle happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, the mind does know how to be still. So sometimes it's a great thing to evoke an image or a word that helps the mind remember its capacity for clarity, for stillness. Beautiful. Anyone else want to share how that feels for them? To see with clarity. Uh, For me it was, um, I thought of the word warm, Mm. but not boiling. (laughs) Um, Restlessness was registered pretty high out of Mm -hmm. the five. In this mm-hmm. session, so yeah, yeah, and sometimes, um, sometimes being with restlessness uh, is challenging. How was it for you, Gilbert, to be with the, the restlessness? Yeah, I think it was manageable. Um, yeah, something that came up actually last week. It was more of a comment, but it was I found it helpful was this idea of like these are hindrances, naturally we want to get rid of them, but it's almost as if you you can't, and so you kind of learn to live with them um, and so I forget who mentioned, but there's this idea of like you kind of call them out and say, "Oh doubt you this your doubt like go over there or like you're restlessness like you're gonna be so i found myself visualizing them a lot of thoughts but then it was like all right well you go over there you're in this bucket and so that was pretty i found that to be helpful beautiful um yeah yeah beautiful yeah i think when you say the word i want to get rid of the hindrances we're responding to a hindrance with another hindrance (laughs) So there can be something called the multiple hindrance attack. <laughs> and, and in fact, very often there's more than one hindrance operating. I think my water is muddy, wavy water. <laughs> muddy, wavy water. <laughs> yeah. Anybody want to? Any else want to ask a question or say anything? I'm going to read you a little bit of a sutta about this. But first, I want to make sure anything else that wants to be shared. 
Ready to hear some of the Buddha's words? Nice. This is from Sanyutta Nikaya 4655. And it's called the Sangaravo Sutta. At Savati, the Brahman Sangarava asked the Buddha, Why is it, good Gotama? How does it come about that sometimes sacred words I have long studied are not clear to me? Not to mention those I have not studied. And how is it, too, that sometimes other sacred words that I have studied, not studied, so are clear to me? Not to mention those I have studied, they're clear, too. And the Buddha says, well, Brahman, when a man dwells with his heart possessed and overwhelmed by sense desires and does not know it as it really is, the way of escape from sense desires that have arisen, then he cannot know or see as it really is. What is to his own profit, nor can he know and see what it is the profit of others, or both himself and others? Essentially, the Buddha is saying, if we, don't, if we have sense desires and we don't recognize them, our waters are colored, and we won't see clearly, we won't understand teachings clearly, Right? And then imagine, Brahma, a bowl of water mixed with lac, turmeric, dark green, or crimson dye. If a man with good eyesight were to look at the reflection of his own face in it, he would not know or see it as it really was. In the same way, Brahman, when a man dwells with his heart possessed and overwhelmed by sense desires, then he cannot know or see as it really is. What is to his own profit? What's really good for him? You cannot know or see what is for the profit or really good for another. So this is, imagine you have greed, you want something. So you're trying to sell or give or convince somebody to do something because you have this greed for this thing to happen or to be done or whatever it is. You're impacted by that greed in a way that you don't really know if that's the right thing for this other person, let alone your own self. And again, Brahman, when a man dwells with his heart possessed and overwhelmed with ill will, then he cannot know or see, right? Same thing. Imagine a bowl of water heated on a fire boiling up and bubbling over. If a man with a good eyesight were to look at the reflection of his own face in it, he would not know it or see it as it really is. And again, Brahman, when a man dwells with his heart possessed and overwhelmed by sloth and torpor, then he cannot know or see. Imagine a bowl of water covered old over with slimy moss and water plants. If a man with good eyesight were to look at the reflection of his own face in it, he would not know or see it as it really is. Again, Brahman, when a man dwells with his heart possessed and overwhelmed by worry and flurry, then he cannot know or see. Imagine a bowl of water ruffled by the wind so that the water trembled, eddied, and rippled. If a man with good eyesight were to look at the reflection of his own face in it, he would not know or see it as it really was. That's right, correct? And again, when a man dwells with his heart possessed and overwhelmed by doubt and wavering, he cannot know or see. Imagine a bowl of water, agitated, stirred up, muddied, put in a dark place. If a man with good eyesight were to look at the reflection of his own face, he would not know it or see it as it really was. In the same way, Brahman, when a man dwells with his heart possessed and overwhelmed by doubt and wavering, then he cannot know or see as it really is. What is to his own profit? To the profit of others. To the profit of both. 
then even sacred words he has long studied are not clear to him. Not to mention those he has studied. But Brahman, when a man dwells with his heart not possessed, not overwhelmed by sense desires, ill will, sloth and torpor, worry and flurry, doubt and wavering, like the five bowls of water not previously described, but clear, limpid, pellucid, set in the open. Then he knows and sees, then she knows and sees, then they know and see, as it really is. What is to her own profit, their own profit, his own profit, the profit of others, and to the profit of both themselves and others. Then even sacred words he has not long studied are clear, not to mention those they have already studied. very useful to get to know these five hindrances. Very, very, very useful. And in fact, they can be, in a way, lead you to freedom. Because when you see them, when you recognize them, you are no longer hindered if you stop stirring it up if you stop feeding it. They can come and rest and and we don't have to chase them away because that's just going to stir it up. But we can hold with wisdom, we can hold with clarity. And the mind knows what to do. The mind knows how to clear itself. Reflections or comments? Yes, please. Um, so today I was like at work, I was kind of like struggling with like not wanting to be in that environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, but at the same time, there is uncertainty. So, so job market is not good. It's hard. So I keep telling myself, okay, you have to stay. Like, just see that this is the situation. But sometimes I'm just like, I can't. It's it's hard to accept it. And yeah. then I come to like blame myself. You are not doing anything about it. Mm. Um. So this just makes me, sometimes it's hard to see it, that it's okay, the situation is bad. And that not wanting, um, it's hard to make myself want it. Mm. Um, because all the negativity at work and everything that I see is like, this is not where I want to be. And eventually I beca- I feel like I become like someone that like, okay, I I'm involved in that and I... Mm-hmm. kind of become part of that culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's just assume you're in a poisonous environment, right? But if, we, if you don't mind, if we could just start by just describing the hindrances that come up around this poison, right? And, and maybe some of them are really healthy. <laughs> but... You just described not wanting, so ill will, perhaps, right? Not really not liking, not wanting, wanting to get away, you know. So ill will feels like this. And then notice you said, oh, and then I start to blame myself. And so that could be that you start to, 
either you go to doubt and then you go to restlessness and worry or you just go straight to restlessness and worry. And then see so you have these two hindrances dancing. I don't like it here, but you can't go. But I don't like it here. I got to get out here. But you don't know what you're doing. But I don't like it here. You know, you can just see how they start to keep each other going. So what happens if you, like in this imagine, you know, in this meditation, do you ever have moments when you're there and you see this poison and you see the mind reacting? Can you ever see it really clear, clearly and then put your hand on your heart and say, wow, this is hard. Wow, this is hard. And bring that clarity. Oh, yeah, this is, feels like poison. And I'm having to ingest it. And so I don't want to be here. And I don't feel like I have a choice. And this is hard. And what, what happens when I invite that? Process. What do you notice? What changes in you, if anything? Uh, if now talking about it, it, it makes me more relaxed and um, thinking that okay, I can I can calm down, and if I can do anything about it, I do it. If not, just. Taking it easy. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I like the, just don't make, you know, sometimes we find ourselves in circumstances that are not good. And maybe the mantra can be, just don't make it worse. How do I just not make this worse? And do whatever I can to, to seek refuge outside, get support, get, you know, practice, you know, take care of yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Nicole. In the story that you were reading, mm-hmm. uh, it was mentioning... Um, Sense of desire? Sense desire. Sense desire. Mm-hmm. So does it mean that we're talking, I mean, talking about the five senses that affect us? No, no. Or, or just the desire to come? Pleasure for pleasure, pleasure, for objects, for food, for, you know, just but excessive. Mm-hmm. Not in the health, you know. So this is in the that greedy... Mm-hmm. One of my practices is that I am at the point that I feel these five senses Mm -hmm. are affected by my outside Mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. I hear something, I sense something, and it's just these five senses that has big effect on me. And then somehow, out of nowhere, I'm, I'm trying to shut down everything when I meditate. And I, I'm just in silence inside. I'm not hearing anything. Try not to hear anything or sense anything. So... <clears throat> to come to the point of silence and calmness. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, so that's kind of maybe not exactly about, well, maybe maybe in here there's something about the hindrances, which is Mm -hmm. perhaps, I mean, there's samatha, you know, meditation, concentration meditation, which is about stilling. And, and there's, that's different kind of practice than open awareness or mindfulness practice. And samatha is usually you have, you're paying attention often to the breath 
and you get very intimate and very connected to the breath. And over time, your mind can get so concentrated that we actually stop hearing. But, but um, maybe, Nicole, you have some aversion to what's happening in your life or the sounds or what's coming in your sense stores. It it's, you know, over, can be overwhelming. But you, you know, we reach concentration when the hindrances have dropped away. So having that aversion fuel your meditation probably isn't a good idea. <laughs> so when you feel the aversion, it's probably better to start by recognizing ah, not liking, not wanting. And seeing if you can't open around that with that clarity. And then it maybe it will still on its own and and then all the hindrances maybe can drop away. You know, it's very tricky when we're meditating and we want and we've had pleasant states. It's very easy to start to want to create them or to long for them. But then we start to move into the sense desire, and that's a hindrance. And that will get in the way. So when that happens, just again, if we can open around it and see it, recognize it, and, and not continue, maybe it will fade and the water becomes clear. Is that helpful? <clears throat> Absolutely. Great. The, it's like I'm trying to avoid to face it. Yeah. So what you're saying definitely makes sense. Great. Thank you. Great. So for our small group discussion, I thought um, tonight we could focus on um, these first two hindrances in our conversation about, you know, sense, desire, greed, and ill will and hatred. There very strong and powerful forces and often caught in the others. And then next week, I won't be here, I'll be on retreat, but um, May, Elliot will be here teaching. She's lovely, she's absolutely amazing. And so she'll be here talking about sloth and torpor and then I'll be back and we'll do restlessness and worry and then the last week of the month we'll do doubt. So why don't we get into groups of about four um, and then I'll say a little bit more. And um, you don't need to remember, I'll I'll repeat them again. But one is to explore kind of what is the role, you know, of pursuit of sensory pleasure in your life. Like where does it show up? How is it driving you? What is it, how is it, you know, fulfilling you or causing you to spend too much money or whatever it is, right? And or choose one or the other. How are you being driven by ill will? Not liking things, wanting to get rid of them, trying to, you know, change people. Like, so, um, but let's keep this short because the second question I think I'd like you to spend more time on if you agree. And that is what meaningful or satisfying feelings do you have which are not connected to sensory desire or ill will? So, to kind of reconnect with where is there meaningful, easeful, you know, wonderful places in your life that aren't, don't have to do with these two, you know, forces. So, would you like to do what I suggested? I have no idea what you just said. Okay, that's okay, I can repeat it, Jill. So the first question um, is just like literally one, two or three words per person. Like, just name where... Where does you know this pursuit of sense pleasure show up in your life? How what's it doing? What's its role in your life? Or where are you being driven by ill will in your life? So just like a cup at work with my neighbor, with food, you know, just kind of like that short, and just do a couple of lightning rounds and see what comes up as you start to explore that. Does that make sense? Great, go for it. Here's the second question. 
Um, and given the time, maybe I'll ring the bell every minute just to prompt you to move to the next person. Okay? So we'll, we'll spend about you know, four or five, six more minutes, but I'll ring the bell every minute. Um, what meaningful or satisfying feelings do you have in your life that are not connected to sensory desire or ill will? What meaningful or satisfying feelings do you have which are not connected to the sensory desire, greed, and ill will? So just let's maybe take a minute to start just in stillness. Just connect in. Maybe I'll help you by connecting with things like gratitude, compassion, loving kindness, equanimity, ease, well-being. All right, please thank your mates, your Dharma mates, your Kalyanamita, your Sangha. And you can kind of just stay where you are and turn sort of into a circle-ish in word. And um, grab the mics if you see them around you, if you don't mind. There's one there. No, no, where the other one is. Anyone have the second mic? Oh, great, great. So, what's important to you about recognizing the presence of greed and hatred in the absence of greed and ill will? What's important to you? What's a takeaway? What did you notice? Great. Jenna, do you mind speaking into the mic? There we go. Yeah. I, um, I don't really uh, know how to interpret or integrate it, but I thought what felt so true for me was the question on, um, like, where do you experience without the hindrances? And the answer for me was animals. Um, oh. And just, like, even, like, a bird, mm. like... Like, just, like, the moment where you make, like, eye contact. It sounds insane, but, like, eye contact with a bird. No. And, like, in that one moment, um, I feel it. And then, like, with any dog, I feel it. And mm-hmm. I guess I'm curious what that is, but it seems so true to me. I just don't know. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Hmm. Maybe just pass the mic next door and see if anybody has anything to say. You can just pass it on. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, thanks. Um, I think just being able to enjoy my own company and being able to walk away people who made me unhappy, just like having the evening to myself and just relaxing and really feeling what it's like to just be in the moment, stillness. Mm, Thank you. Repeat the question. Sorry. Yeah, what's important to you about what you connected with around the presence or absence? Uh, yeah, we talked some about um, about uh, generosity mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and just like connecting to that uh, in terms of something like not not with uh, like sense desire that. You know, you like really feel uh, nourished by, and yeah, yeah, I just really resonate with that. So. Beautiful, thank you, Michael. <laughs> um, if I want to mention one thing that really. It's just sense of um, pleasure, sense of um, identity or anything is 
helping other people. Mm. And I'm there when I am needed or um, mm. and voluntarily I go and sometimes they don't like it. <laughs> but um, that's something that I've enjoyed my whole mm. life. And mm. Not necessarily that it's been the reaction or the reward, it would be rewarding or anything, but that's... <clears throat> That's where I really, that's all I am about. Mm. And uh, today I was, I didn't have anything and going and suddenly I felt, oh, the Gaza, so many people are, you know, in that situation. So what should I do? What should I do? And then I was looking for some, somewhere to help or to do something. Mm. And then I found on these doctors without borders, mm-hmm. and then I posted on Facebook, I did this, I did that, <laughs> I got some response, and then I was really happy. <laughs> Thank so you, Nicole. So that's how it is for me. Thank you, Nicole. We're um, at 8 o'clock. Is it okay to let a few more people share? You guys okay to wait a couple more minutes? Great. Tracy, do you want to share anything? No? Okay. <laughs> How about you bring it to Jill? Or, yeah, right. Um, Michael was in my little group, and we did chat a little bit about, or share a bit about generosity, but um, it just dawned on me in that little conversation that it, I don't know if this is the right word, but it's an absolute antidote to the two hindrances we It's it's a, it's a dragon slayer, and I never realized that before tonight. And then when I think of the other handy list, we're all Buddhists, so we have lists, um, the other hindrance, it helps with all of them for me. It is nice. My favorite expression is generosity of spirit, because that covers... Mm-hmm all religions and all Mm. moods and all flavors of people Mm. but um, I'm amazed to realize that that is an absolute antidote to to hindrances I love it, I love dragon slayer as a term you can pass the mic there and you know it's generosity is one of the very first teachings and practices that the Buddha encourages. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so talking about generosity, then um, Michael talked about time, that like, mm-hmm. um, the, then I said, I looked, so I never looked at it that way, but I have that greed for my own time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give it to people. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, when I give my time to people, I get worried. I do it, I do it, but I get like so um, anxious. Oh, I wasted my time. I want to help. I give my time to people, but I feel like I'm staying behind because I spent that time. I love that you named that. That's so beautiful, the greed for your own time. Yes, yes. Thanks to Michael. I never looked at it as a greed, but it since it is a greed. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. You want to pass the mic this way further? Uh, For me, one of the takeaways, and I want to think about this uh, going forward, is the connection these two have, the desire and ill will, to uh, our egos, our sense of Mm -hmm. self. Yeah. And so it got me thinking a lot about, like, are they trying to protect or... Yeah. Boosts an ego, and they can kind of go in different ways. And love it. It was an interesting connection that I hadn't really thought of. So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Just appreciating how that space that we tap into when the hindrances kind of clear away—that spacious contentment, mm-hmm. belonging—that mm-hmm. that it becomes familiar, and mm-hmm. it's like the refuge and the path just gets more, the groove is deeper and it's that delight of coming home. Beautiful. 
I really liked that you um, flipped the question because I think so often, and I guess it's part of our hardwiring thing too, is that we're focused on what is difficult and what we are struggling with. And if we spend you know, more time on these other things like the what we can do for other people or just what makes us feel good, a connection to others or nature or whatever, then it's it's really taking you away from the hindrances without focusing on them at all, which is the ideal version, right? You're just not, your energy's not going that direction. So I liked that we're ending on that note, getting nice. on a high note. Can you carry the mic over there? Just make sure that these two lovely ladies didn't speak. Oh, there we go. If you want to share. Yeah. Do you want to say anything? Do you want to? Oh. I know. <laughs> you don't have to. I just want to make sure you know that your voice is, is welcome in the circle here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, too, welcomed the reversal, and it occurred to me that um, the place where I found solace and peace is actually a really easy place to be in, but it's also one where there are no expectations. Mm-hmm. And no trying to control my surroundings mm. and my life. It's just, it's, it's a place of receiving. Yes. Yes. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Could you it? It's a place of receiving. Not trying to control, but to receive. Yes. Even the goodness of our conditions and what we've offered. And, you know, Yeah. Tracy, are you sure? <laughs> okay. Um, gratitude. I am grateful for my cats. Mm, yes. I know that sounds silly, but... It does not sound silly. Great. Gratitude is powerful. Wow, you guys, I just so it's so inspiring to me to hear you all, to hear your wisdom come forward and to see you sharing the Dharma in this way. Thank you so much. And may the way that you share with each other move forward into the world and be shared with all beings everywhere without exception. Thank you. Thank you for your practice. Good night.